and welcome back to another version of At The Buzzer, basketball-focused, basketball-centric. Um, we're calling this one the Road to Kansas edition. Um, right here, as usual, is your co-host, Jack Barsh. And over there, um, I think back in Germany now, is Sam Mativier. How are you doing, yep. Sam? Doing well, feeling rested. <laughs> Danke, that's what they say over there. Um, <laughs> we are looking at a undefeated Colorado Buffaloes basketball team, a top 20 Colorado Buffaloes basketball team. Um, and as we said, this is the Road to Kansas podcast. So we're going to be talking about the Road to Kansas. Um, coming up on Saturday, um, they play Kansas, who is also well, – no, they're not undefeated, but they are, I think, second in the country. So Yeah, they're boy, number two in the country. They opened up preseason number three, lost their first game 68-66 to Duke, and the worst game I've seen in a while. Convinced <laughs> me not to watch college basketball for a couple weeks. Uh, and they're as good as they usually are. I don't think that they're the second best team in the country, but we'll talk about that. But they are number two, and it's a very daunting game. Yeah, it is, uh, it's going to be a big one. And the other thing is, it's at Kansas. So um, CU fans will have nightmares of watching Allen Fieldhouse after getting beat up for, what is that, 30 years in the Big 12. Um, but it's a different team. It's a different era. And we'll see what happens. Um, before we go into that game in detail, let's, let's talk about the story so far, Sam. What, what's your overall impressions of the 7-0 Colorado Buffaloes? Um, I think what we've seen in a team that has only played one game within single digits, and that was a comeback win against Clemson on a neutral court on a shot where nothing was falling for the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them to go 7-0 right now with pretty much everything, a double-digit win, is like that's really good, uh, especially when you consider that their offense – has not been great. Like, they've struggled badly with turnovers. They've had 37 turnovers their past two games, which is against uh, Sacramento State and Loyola Marymount. Two of the three easiest teams they're going to play this season. Prairie View um, Yeah, other. yeah, I would say you're right. Uh, and Wyoming, but whatever. Yes, Wyoming, but that was a neutral court game. Mm-hmm. And it was 15 to 15 and a half times. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that one. That didn't happen. Uh yeah, so this is a team that is getting a lot of open looks. They're getting open threes, moving the ball, and then getting to the rim pretty easily, drawing a ton of fouls. They're just missing shots right now. They're 44% on two-pointers, which is pretty, really bad. That is bottom 30 in the country. <laughs> yeah, almost. Um they're doing pretty well on three-pointers, which is nice because they shot really poorly last year from three. Mm-hmm. And then the line got moved back. Mm-hmm. Um, Which um, was supposed year, to make it harder, I believe. Well, yeah, yeah. Last year, they, they that was not an accurate percentage. Like, they were better than they were last year from three. They were unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are falling this year a little bit more. So that's buoyed the offense a little bit. And then the free throws. So they're drawing a ton of fouls. And they're missing a ton of fouls, but they're also making a ton of foul shots. <laughs> and so that's all together, 70% free throw shooting percentage, which is fine. They went 24 of 25 against Clemson. That's how they beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. And then 
Tyler Bay is shooting like eight free throws a game, which is crazy. Tyler Bay is, hold on, I can pull this number for you. He is seventh in the country at drawing fouls. He is drawing, this is a crazy number, eight fouls per 40 minutes, which means he is, <laughs> if he's on the floor for 35 minutes, whatever he is right now, he's drawing six or seven fouls every game. Yeah, and he's yeah he's made six free throws a game, which is buoying his his points. Even though he shot only forty six percent on field goals, which is not great for someone with his size and athleticism. But it is a full two percent points better than the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I think your picture is shots. obviously accurate because you're using stats and numbers. Um, I'm just going to use support a visual claim. Yeah, I, well, okay. My I'm claim is use... that they're, they're, they're generating open shots. They're just missing right now, and I don't think they're going to continue to miss in the future. Um, I would agree with you. I also think the three-point shooting might cool off a bit, but we'll see. Um, Go off, like turn down? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll cool off just a little bit. But I also think like McKinley Wright's going to hit more threes in the future. And Shane Gatton. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, McKinley Wright's 25%. He's better than that. Shane Gatling's at 26%. He's much better than that. Koontz, I believe, is still at zero for the year. We're not um, ta- well, no. He made one against Marymount. <laughs> so, well, anyways, I'm going to use unsupported visual claims because I've watched all seven games, I believe, of Colorado basketball so far. Are you... Um, and I, I think this out of you know it's taken Tad ten years, but now he has a team fully made in his image, right? You know his best team was Spencer Dinwiddie, who is not a he's he's kind of a prototypical Tad player, but not really. You know he is he's efficient on offense, but that's also his focus. Um, this team is a Tad Boyle team, and that Dinwiddie was a really good defender. Oh, I Dinwiddie. agree. Okay, but I also think he was dynamic on offense in a way that. Tad doesn't necessarily recruit for that dynamic ability mm-hmm. on offense. Spencer well, he does happen to grow into it. I think he recruits for that at the lead guard because he knows that he needs a dynamic player for them to have any sort of offense. As he talked about in the great podcast he did with Mel Tucker, <clears throat> um, he talked about his recruiting, especially with guards, and he said he has a player-driven offense because he thinks it gives them more ownership, um, and when it works, it really works. Um, and, that, and that's why Dinwiddie did so well on offense. But anyways, this team is not offense-based. It is, it is Tab Boyle defense and rebounding, and they are defending the hell out of everybody. Yeah, we, I should have led with that. I went – too too quickly into the stats. Well, yeah, just, you're absolutely right. Just watching last night and even you know Sacramento State, those are gross offensive games that should lose. You should lose when when you play like that on offense. So I you would have lost those games in the past few years. I think they had ten turnovers in ten minutes in, against Loyola <laughs> Marymount. Like it was, Dalen Coots was legitimately just throwing the ball to their players every every few. He minutes. has been really bad. Um. And but here's the but here's the good part, right? Is that does not Tad has gotten so into their heads with his consistent message that that does not affect their effort or intensity on defense. Every single possession is hard for the other team to score, and you will travel and you will win if that is your team for thirty games, whatever the season is. And they are they're traveling and they're winning. Um, it's not necessarily pretty, and it's not as we'd like. And I, I sure hope the offense gets it figured out because it's gross right now. But. When you can defend and you can rebound, you can do a lot of things. And that's Tad Boyle's been saying that for ten years. This team is is the proof right now. They are they are 
bailing themselves. I don't even want to say it's a bailout because it's the whole point of the team, right? But they they are doing the opposite of shooting themselves out, uh, into wins, right? They are taking bad offensive performances and and building masterpieces around that, um, which is hard to do in when you're you know 18 to 22 years old. Um, Tyler Bay, as we talked about, is a complete freak on that side of the ball. He is number one in the country in defensive rebounding percentage, and I'd like to point this out. He's number one for the second year in a row in defensive rebounding percentage, which is insane. Um, he is top 200 in offensive rebounding percentage. He's top 100 in block percentage. He's top 100 in steal percentage. He is everything we wanted him to be on the defensive side of the ball. He's now shooting threes offensively, which is fun, but he's, he's making also- them. He's making them, which is crazy too. Um, but as has been our reservation for the past two years, um, I, he never finishes like I'd like him to around the rim. Yeah, I don't understand that. I it always looks so awkward for him. Like I feel like he know he. I mean, he knows how big of an athlete he is. He knows he can dunk it every time if he wanted to. And for some reason, it's it's uh, he he stays more grounded than I like him to. And he doesn't bully as much as I, as I. This is the. The Yusuf Nurkic conundrum for Nuggets and Blazers fans, which I am both. Well, the problem also with Tyler Bay, and it's not his fault, is he's next to a man who has the opposite of this problem, which is Evan Batty, who does it doesn't matter what's in front of him. You put a brick wall in front of him, he's still going to try to run through that and finish. Um, with a smile on his face. With a smile on his face. Um, I don't know. Long story short, the road to Kansas, its it's been fraught, but we've avoided the potholes. The point of this is to be undefeated coming into this game. And then after this game, the stretch is full of, of treachery, right? If Even if we lose to Kansas, we're 7-1. But then Northern Iowa is coming to Boulder, and they're a top 100 team this year. We're going to have to go to CSU. They're a top 150 team this year. And then Dayton is, is neutral site. If we can split those four, if we can win two out of these four games, I'm feeling pretty ha- happy about the non-conference. I, I, I feel like that's a successful non-conference. Yeah, you missed the game in there, but Prairie View A&M is going to be well. I, well, um, yeah. yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, three of, those fives, three of those five games would finish a solid non-con. Uh, but yeah, overall with the team, I think that this is true. This is why I think this team still has a lot of untapped potential is that they are an elite defense. They're top 10 in the country mm-hmm. in just in defense, like defensive rating, defensive efficiency. And I still think like, I think that's going to keep going because this team rotates so soundly. Mm-hmm. They work really hard and they rebound everything. Yep. Um, I mean, you're right. It's it, this is not a fluky defense where we're getting a lot of steals against crap teams and and we're forcing turnovers. This is a we are forcing a lot of turnovers though. Which I, I agree. Don't, yeah, that one's not sustainable. I don't think I don't think that's the backbone of this defense. The, I think the backbone of this defense is these players have played together for three years. They know where they're going to be on that side of the ball at least. Offense, I don't know what I'm, they're playing with blindfolds on, but defensively. The help side defense is always there. Evan, I mean, they're all active. Evan Batty's active in the middle. Tyler Bay's active. Deshaun Schwartz is a ridiculous brick wall for a wing to try to oh, run through. I love him so much. And Tab Boyle made the, another very Tab Boyle move, starting Eli Parquet nowadays. Um, even though Eli Parquet is he's a, he's he's a junk man on offense. He'll get he'll get you the garbage. You know, he'll clean up the garbage. But defensively, he is he, there. We get. That's thank you, Sam. Like, <laughs> like once again, our brand early to mid two thousands NBA all star slash busts. Um, 
Tony <laughs> Allen. He'll he'll clean up some misses. He'll slash hard to the basket, but that's you're not playing him for that. Eli Parquet is there to play defense, and that starting five is mean. McKinley I don't mind the ball. Whew. I would get criticized for saying this too loudly, but I really do like Parquet as like a ten minute a game starter. Oh, Set the tone. Yeah. He's your first starter off the. Uh, he's your first guy you send to the bench, but he's also the guy I think you want out there. Set the tone, hound the ball, make the other team work early, and then, like you said, the, he's a. I mean, he's he's not gonna. They're not gonna run plays for Eli Parquet to get shots, which is fine because the other four players starting, they will run plays for. Um, so you can't run plays for everyone, and he's there to clean it up, and he's doing great. I'm very pleasantly surprised the Parquet this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, we generally agree on the team. Uh, Stewart has been fantastic. Schwartz has been even better. McKinley Wright still has yet to really make his he's, mark. Uh, yeah, I don't. I so he's, well, I don't know. And this is once again unsubstantiated eyewitness reports. But mm-hmm. I feel like McKinley. I mean, this is part of the tentativeness we're seeing on offense. Is I feel like he waits. There's like an internal clock in his head that has a 15-minute timer at the start of the 20-minute halves. And then once it goes off, those last five minutes, he's the player I feel like he should be on offense, where he just says, I don't care who you put in front of me. I'm driving to the rim. I'm kicking to the three-pointer. I'm taking the, the layup every time. And when he does that, I think he's 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 what he should be for the rest of the time. But um, I don't know. I mean, the whole offense is disjointed right now. I think that's part of it. I don't know what that yeah. is. I think that the offense will start to click once he starts to assert himself more, and I think he will as the season goes on. And I also think, uh, like Shane Gatling and Dalen Koontz, and uh, like they're going to get better as the season progresses. So I think the offense will hit its stride <laughs> later. Well, Koontz certainly can't get worse, especially at shooting. He I, is. Okay. Uh, he cannot shoot the ball right now. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a little bit broken right now, and we're gonna. I have to monitor him because there's a chance he falls out of the rotation. Well, right and Tab Oil said as much. He said about – he even called out Coons and Bay at the Loyola Marymount press conference. But he just said, if you are making bad turn, if you're not doing the foundation things, he pulled Tyler Bay for not boxing out on a free throw, which he'll do every time. <clears throat> he pulled Dalen Coons for not running the offense, which he'll do every time. And I think that's part of it with him as it always has been is the athleticism. Everything's there, but – what has to be there. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've talked, he's not a lead guard naturally. Well, it's just, we want him, I want him to figure out a role. Next we, we don't have to talk about him. Yeah. Let's talk about him another time. Let's talk about um, Kansas. We're here. I want to talk about Kansas. Um, do you want to give the quick breakdown of what Kansas is? Yeah. So Kansas is ranked second in the country. They're sixth in Ken Palm. Um, the game's at 5 p.m. on ESPN2 on Saturday. And uh, Kansas I, is a little more traditional-looking um, this year than they were last year, at least as a Kansas team should be. They have a, a strong lead guard in Devon Dotson who never stops running. Um, they have a gigantic big man in Yudoka Azabuki who will post everybody. I, I don't think there's a single guy in the country that can defend him one-on-one in the post. Um, they have athletic wings and Marcus Garrett and Silvio D'Souza. Um, I know this is completely off topic, but I think that Seton Hall center, what's his name? He could maybe defend him one-on-one. But the keep ghost going. of Angel Delgado? Yes. Um, 
What else do they have? Uh, they, they have, have one shooter on the team. Are you saying? Are you saying Isaiah Moss is that shooter? Yeah, nobody else can shoot. Besides, they have this one six. Dotson streaky freshman. Dotson shooting thirty one percent on threes. I would play off of him and let him pull up. And if he wants to shoot threes, I'm going to let him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so Dotson is also he's short. He's shorter than McKinley is. He's fast. He's like, well, yeah, so explosive, and he never stops running. Yeah, no one can get him out of the paint. That's one thing. I was watching a bunch of the like their condensed games, mm-hmm. and he just gets to where he's going with mm-hmm. no one. No one can get him out of there. Which I think it's also good, kind of, for McKinley to see that in person because you can just look at him and say, "That could be you. <laughs> that could be you." You're well, um, it's, Shut that down today. Be that tomorrow. There you go. Exactly. Um, Which that's kind of what he did with Jordan McLaughlin. Remember that? Yeah. Well, McLaughlin, that's what I'm like, saying. Him, and yeah, um, he, oh god, who's the UCLA point guard that he just ruined? Jalen Hands. Jalen Hands. Thank you. Jalen Hands sucks. Okay. Well. All right, man. <laughs> I was never mind. I was just so, reading. Never mind. So Kansas, luckily, is not that great at shooting threes because um, that's probably where CU's defense is a little is weakest. Um, they're you know mid hundreds. They shoot thirty four percent this year. They are very good at two pointers, largely off the back of Azabuki and his eighty percent field goal percentage. Um, um, Dotson also has like a sixty percent effective field goal percentage, which is insane for a guard. Yeah, I mean. He watching go to the rim is amazing because he's just so fearless. It does not matter what's in front of him. Um, they they don't crash the offensive boards. They they turn the ball over, um, but they are very efficient when they do get shots up, at least inside, which is worrisome. Yeah. Uh, so the it really it's like Dotson is a terror with the ball in his hands, and Udoka Azubuke needs so much attention and so much energy to keep him away because he is fucking massive and he has uh, magnet hands and right when he catches it he's gonna turn shoulder you out of the way and dunk it on you mm-hmm. and then scream at you and then which is terrifying <laughs> um, yeah, he is absolutely possibly the most terrifying player in college basketball this year yes but he has a very a clear weakness sam Mm-hmm. Um, he's shooting free throws at 39%. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to talk about this because the one player who can possibly withstand him without getting dislodged is Evan Batty. And Evan Batty happens to struggle with foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So if CU has any hope of honestly like not letting him get a dunk every possession, Batty needs to stay in and not foul him. Well, here's all I'm saying, Sam. CU has five fouls sitting on the bench in the form of Alexander Strouding, and they oh, have five no, no, no. more fouls. Frank Ryder. Frank Ryder. That's what, I, that's what I was about to say. Ben Mills shit. Ben happening. Mills 2.0. <laughs> uh, okay. And they also have Jakob Dombeck, who is a, a, a stick, but. Jakob Dombeck would get absolutely. He would get bent in half. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. He would die. That might he, actually ruin his confidence. Like, not, not just <laughs> even in basketball, just in life. Um, yeah. going next to him. We're not going to have him run in front of a train. So currently, this is, this is projected to be a, a single-digit game by um, Ken Palm. It's projected to be an eight-point win for Kansas, which honestly I thought was a little optimistic for CU. What, do you, what are you thinking? 
Um, the 22% win chance that CU had is the exact same as it was before the season, looking at both teams. Um, That's actually interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like CU's chances a little bit more, I guess. Like, like relative to expectations, I think it's a... CU has a decent chance to win this. And I think it's because Kansas allows a ton of threes. Uh, I was looking at 41% of, sh- of opponents' points come on threes. Uh, the league average is, like, the nation average is 31%. So this is a lot of points coming on threes. And I was watching all the, the tape, and their zone, like, they play a lot of zone, and they mm-hmm. concede so many open threes, especially against ball movement. And they've been allowing a ton of threes the past two years. <laughs> That has been a thing that I think Bill Self just lets happen. I I feel like that's not a – I think he's fine giving up some threes in his defense as long as they're sound inside. Um, I re, I had the chance to talk to a uh, the fine purveyor of Rock Shock Talk, um, which is the Kansas SB Nation blog. And he was – we both agreed, and I think you'll agree, I think if if – Deshaun Schwartz decides to make this game his national welcome stage and and he really takes over offense and he becomes as aggressive as I'd like him to be on offense. That would really change things for CU. He's shooting 50% from three right now on pretty decent volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's and he's been aggressive for halves at a time. Like he took over in the first half against Arizona State, took over again against Loyola Marymount. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing that. He, yeah. He it, the next step is is learning how to pump fake and then drive and basically take people off the dribble when he can, um, and either get a, a bucket or a foul every time. <clears throat> um, I think if if he if Deshaun Schwartz takes the most shots in this game, I think that's a good sign. And I think if Deshaun Schwartz and um, like either Maddox Daniels, Shane Gatling, someone else heats up, I think it can get really Seward, who would actually stretch as a bookie outside depending on when he's on there out there um, yeah because kansas plays like a deep zone with azubike planted firmly in the paint <laughs> and then uh mccormack who i'm going to be referring to as cormac mccarthy because <laughs> i think it's funny uh he's also another like giant six foot ten 250 pound player who's not super mobile <laughs> and they play them both at the same time so if you can get like lucas Eward to survive defensively he can be very valuable on saturday yeah, I, I think CU's going to have to shoot the ball well from outside. They're going to have to shoot the ball a lot from outside. And I think uh, two, probably one or two people are going to have to play above what they usually do. Yeah, I see. That, like, I think that this is an upset if the role players step up and hit shots. Mm-hmm. And if they can, because this is not a game where you would look at it, McKinley Wright's going to be using a lot of energy on Dotson. Mm-hmm. Tyler Bay, Tyler Bay might get swallowed on the inside. Yep. Honestly, I think he will. Mm-hmm. He, he might draw fouls on Aduku, Udoka, Azubuki, Udoka, yeah. uh, and Azubuki struggles with foul trouble. Uh, but like, if Bay does that, then he can get some points. But otherwise, I think he's going to struggle mm-hmm. to score. So really, this could be like the role players absolutely need to be hitting threes. Yeah. And and they've shown the ability to do that. It just needs to happen. We have to get lucky too. So you have to get lucky. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes without saying playing 
on the road against the number two team. But I mean, number one, Kentucky lost at home. Number one, Duke lost at home to Stephen F. Austin. Those happened this year. Well, and here, I mean, here's the other thing. Like we said, said defense and rebounding travel. CU has the ability to at least slow down this Kansas offense. Will they stop Azubuki? Absolutely not. Will they stop <laughs> Devon Dawson? Absolutely not. But if 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 we can make it so those two are the offense, that bodes well for CU. If they can shut down Marcus Garrett, if they can shut down David McCormick, if they can shut down uh, Isaiah Moss, um, it becomes a lot more feasible. So, yeah, final I, predictions for this game, Sam. What do you, what's the score? Um, hmm, probably Kansas, like sixty-six, Colorado sixty. Okay. But I, 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 I like CU's chances because I think that they're going to care about this game more than Kansas. Although I realize that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, I, also, I mean, it's a ranked team in Allen Fieldhouse. I don't think there's going to be a lack of energy for Kansas. I think we're underselling how much this game means to Tad Boyle and to the Colorado program. I will, what I will say is we, we've talked about how good of a job they've done avoiding pitfalls, but if somehow CU starts 8-0 with that eighth win being Kansas, things start heating up real quick for top 15, top 10 conversations. Yeah. Especially since this year, no one is really elite in basketball. Everyone's losing every week. Mm-hmm. Like we have like two lost teams in the top ten right now. Mm-hmm. And boy, if CU picks this as the game to figure out their offense, watch out. Well, yeah, I'm I gonna think... go. <clears throat> I'm gonna go a little higher scoring. I think than you did. I think I think Kansas wins. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 82 to 70. I think it's a pretty easy win for Kansas, um, which is not necessarily an indictment on CU, but they don't lose at home very often, and they don't lose at home uh, close very often. So, Well, they struggled against UNC Greensboro at home earlier this season. So, <sighs> I have a hard time <laughs> giving that anything, Yeah, especially that's... because we just struggled at home to Loyola Marymount and also Sacramento State. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that was a fair point. Um, yeah, I, okay, so I like CU's upset potential. There's a chance they also get run out of the building, like last mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, more likely it'll be defense, whatever, defense-oriented game that mm-hmm. ends in a Kansas win comfortably. Yep, which shouldn't be anything that shocks or upsets CU fans. They will, because CU fans are irrational, but... I uh, I did spend some time on Twitter this week talking to people who are still not sold on this team with Tab Oil, which I don't know. That's hilarious. <laughs> CU has it's it's the best start since 1983, and you can say they played just cupcakes, but they, they played just cupcakes since 1983 in our conference. It is not a this year thing. In fact, this year's schedule is harder than most others. So CU has a nothing. Legit. CU has a nothing basketball history, by the way. Last year, we remind everyone. Well, it should be a fun game. Uh, it should be a fun non-conference. We'll be back on the other side of this Kansas game talking about um, probably the next big one is Dayton, which should be, oh, so fun. Woo, so fun. Mm. And Kansas played Dayton earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'm Jack. That's Sam over there. And uh, let's go beat Kansas.